0: good monday morning everyone no it's tuesday morning uh it is february 15th i'm eric Buerendorf with my co-host brian williams you're watching finance and technology insights how's it going bry good how are you doing doing pretty good doing pretty good we got some new technology here for our uh For our 10th episode, kind of exciting. Glad we made it to number 10.
1: Yeah, we did. We made it. So we've been tinkering and fooling around, which I'm probably, which I'm sure will probably never end as we add enhancements and have guests and uh, continue to spotlight our Flipboard page and Facebook group. But uh, yeah, it'll be good to watch it uh, grow. And I'm excited about, you know, today we're going StreamYard and we're going to give that a whirl and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, the podcast has been sounding great. Mm-hmm. I think that we've been getting pretty good feedback on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the videos, we've been... or No feedback, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Podcasts are one of those things you want feedback and don't want feedback Aww. at the same time, right? Right, right. So for the viewers, if you're just tuning in, uh, Finance and Technology Insights, basically Brian and I get to talk about anything we want in, in those two spheres or maybe outside of those spheres, um, we do have a flipboard.com magazine that you can find in the description links. And we do have, we do, uh, trim this audio and send it to your favorite podcast. So if you prefer to listen to us, uh, make sure you subscribe there. So, um, yeah, we're getting it going. We're on episode number 10 and that's a milestone for us. Cause I think, um, did you see, uh, normally we talk about our, uh, we cover we go to the flipboard at the end, but did you see the the uh article that I posted on Flipboard? Uh about which one was it? that? It's from entre- entrepreneur.com. Ten Essential Podcasting Tips for Entrepreneurs and Authors. Oh, there you go. And uh I think we're you know, I think we're playing right from that playbook. Number Good. one, make, make content that matters. Uh oh, okay. you, you want to bring it up? Yeah, it's up. Hit that hit that link there and and uh scroll scroll with me. And we'll uh is it coming up? Is that it? Yeah, 10 essential yeah. podcasting yeah, tips. So let's just blitz through this, right? Number one, make yep. con- content that matters. We're talking about financing technology. Number two, don't be afraid to invest in high-quality sound. We both are sitting in front of boom mics, right. answer mics, I think they call them. Um, I just upgraded to an HD camera. Create an intro and outro. We have a kick-ass intro that you put together, which looks great. Um, look, I'm, I'm actually getting a StreamYard ad in, be- uh, in my uh, article right now. It's so funny. <laughs> Host in places that are easy for listeners to find. So we're on YouTube and your favorite podcast. Build a backlog of episodes before launch. So number ten, we we've been saying number you know we're not even we're not heavily sharing and promoting the the show until the tenth episode. We're going we're going to do a website Mm -hmm. and start sharing, and I think we're pretty pretty good on that tenth mark. Um, Maybe a couple more, but we're we're just about there. And the next one, use your website and SEO. So we'll start. We'll put together a website and and um cross promote that and then number seven promote your show across every platform i think we're about to do that Mm -hmm. be consistent and patient have interesting guests guests we haven't done yet and i'm not sure if you're did did you express uh, a disinterest in guests or maybe someday no i like i like guests guests i think we've got everything you know pretty
1: tight i'd probably do one or two more with with just us and then maybe sprinkle in some guests start with something uh Somebody friendly that we know that that can maybe uh, handle some tiny growing pains.
0: Yeah, no. yeah.
1: And then uh, and then we'll we'll probably have, I don't know, Elon Musk will wait till the 15th episode. Probably.
0: Yeah, we won't. So we won't bring Musk in until until episode 15 or so. Yeah, I would say. Yep. And then number 10, appear on other relevant shows. So just, yeah, do uh, cross. So we're pretty we're pretty good on on the checklist there. I think so. So that felt good. When I read that, I was like, all right, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think our goal is to have this show pay uh, pay our mortgages. I think mm-hmm. we're doing it more of a labor of love and interest, right? I think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, and I don't think either one of us expects a huge deluge of clients from it or anything right. like that. I think we're using it as kind of a way to kick off our week and and kick off our day. And um, I think being a guest on other People's show is is great. So I've I've been a guest on a few different shows, which is a lot of fun. It's great, it's great content because it's not a lot of labor really. You're just kind of setting up and filling it in. And it's uh it's fun, especially to help other people start their shows, which is you know, funny. Obviously, we're just 10, 10 shows in, but we've both been doing some other content. So I remember some guy who was trying to do like a Connecticut business podcast, and you know, I think I was his first guest on there and he was, you know, all nervous and getting his tech right. in order and all that. I'm like, you're, you're, you're fine, but it's fun. Well, you know, the learning curve is steep, and and putting things together, I think, is is a lot of fun to be a guest on other people's shows. I'm sure that'll come from this, and uh, I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah. So i I actually I've been a guest on a number of podcasts over probably the last I don't know two years or so. And that's always fun. And I hired a publicist a few years ago, and I made it, uh, made the rounds on the uh, regional news channels and things promoting the business. So I've ha- I've been in front of a camera a little bit. So that was fun. And you know, connecting with you was so funny. Just a shot in the dark, and mm-hmm. we you know we turned turned out to uh, be fast friends. And this has um, been a fun project. And you know, you've helped you know through this process here with this channel um you know you this has helped inspire me to kind of think about what content i can bring for my evernet branded youtube channel and so i don't know if i soft mentioned this last week or not but uh yeah so basically what we're putting together me and my marketing team is a evernet channel i think the working title right now is called evernet reviews hmm. real clever i know but um, we were we were kind of kicking back and forth Evernet reviews it with a capital IT. Hmm. Uh, I decided maybe not use the IT yet because I really, really don't want to ever be pigeonholed. I know it I know it's important to specialize, but you never not want to be able to cover something you want to cover, right? I mean, it, it just because your your sandbox isn't big enough. So uh, so anyways, we're we're working with Evernet reviews right now. And what we're doing is soliciting all of our vendors that we've seen our clients use. And uh, I reached out to them and I, and I said, hey, we're, we want to launch a YouTube channel. We want to spotlight your products and services to our clients, your clients and future clients. What do you think? And fortunately, I've had an overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly positive response. So. starting it's a
1: no-brainer for them i mean they get somebody else is going to do the work of setting it up and promoting them and and tagging them and they're probably looking to to pitch to you or pitch to your clients anyway so yeah it makes a lot of sense and same thing on my side too um i've done a few book reviews on my channel i've done some mutual fund etf reviews that i've done solo and then i've had some some guests on some portfolio managers so so they like it. Um, they like the idea of just different people putting out their content for them. It's one thing to produce your own, but it's another one, another thing to have people produce it, not just for you, but it, it gets that second layer of credibility. It's one thing to say, hey, I was on my own show for 10 minutes. It's another thing to say I was a guest on this show for, for
0: Yeah. 10 well, no minutes. such
1: thing as bad PR, right? Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's
0: I think that's fun and I'll look forward to seeing some of your reviews. I think that's a good way to go. Well, you've been our you've been our technical manager through this process so far. So, I'll have I'll be I'll be sliding into that role for the channel. Hopefully, hopefully I've got the chops to get this going. I think I'll probably I'm going to go back and forth whether we're going to use Teams. Teams is really nice cuz I the scheduling is easy and it ties into my management system and processes. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, then uh, this Streamyard looks pretty cool. So maybe we'll see where it goes. Yeah, that's an option. I mean, you've got
1: um, you got to make sure they've got good tech on their side, which I hope they do. Right, that'll be the interesting thing. You have some guest on to talk about technology, and then they don't have their stuff together.
0: So, so, so I created an entire process from an intake process for a guest all the way through um, kind of uh, the scheduling. And then the recording, and then the publication, and the and the syndication. And in the intake, I actually I found a bunch of resources on the internet that are basically YouTube videos of how to be prepared for to be a guest on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it talks about make sure your mic works, wear your uh, headphones, uh, test your camera, make sure your light source is in front of you. You know, if you're sitting in a windowed office or something, make sure the window is in front of your face, not behind you, and and that sort of thing. So.
1: Yeah, that's good. Sounds like you got things lined up. Yeah. So how, how about are, you? What how how was your last bus- week of business? What's new? Uh it was it was pretty good. Um doing a lot with uh it was a lot of service and, and reviews. So um I had last Wednesday is by far my favorite client and my my longest client. They run a small um small manufacturing shop. They do wire. And uh, anybody who thinks manufacturing's like dead in the US or dead in Connecticut, I mean, it might be down, but there's so many pockets of these little industrial parks and stuff all over the place that, that do really high quality, high um, specific work. Um, and this is one of those organizations, but been my client for a long time and they really run the organization like it's a Fortune 500 company. So they've got you know, maybe 15 employees, but they still have quarterly investment committee meetings like on a board basis and they take minutes and um, they really do a good job with it. So a lot of other advisors wouldn't like that type of client because they're not necessarily high maintenance, but they're very regimented and scheduled. But for me, I like that. That works well for me. I know that with the second Wednesday of the month on on these uh, four times a year, it's going to be that meeting and I can book that. I could book it now out 10 years if I wanted to. So Um, So I always like going back to them and I always try to bring something new or different to the table, some sort of different report, something because at this point, it's really just an educational type meeting. I'll even sometimes pick a a vocabulary type term or some investment term and just kind of explain that to the group. So, um, you know, they've got 100 percent participation, everybody there contributes. You know, we've added a roth their fees are really low they're everybody's on automatic rebalancing they i mean it's just a really nice well-run plan so uh so that's all those are the best clients to have for sure yeah yeah and they they are um they're they're a group that's you know doesn't have a lot of turnover they're highly invested in their employees so I mean I always say whenever I leave there it's like man if I get 30 clients like that I'd be I'd be happy as can be, but that's a really good group. So it's I enjoy the process, but it's also very motivational, you know, the drive home 20, 25 minutes doing it on site, which again is is a bonus after the last couple of years. So to be able to be there and on site and connect with them and then come out of there with like a million other ideas of yeah, you know, that well, but this I could have done better, or how can I attract more of this type of client just always narrows my focus. So uh, that's so that was
0: exciting. Can I ask you what city or uh region they're in? like new haven Um, yeah
1: they're they're in the waterbury area
0: oh okay down there yeah
1: yeah nice nice
0: that always feels good
1: yeah it does it feels good yeah and we had one like minor issue that wasn't even on my side but i kind of stepped in the middle and coordinated it and fixed it and they were really appreciative of that because that was out of my normal course of business but uh You know, I wanted to take it off their plate because I knew the people, knew the connections, knew the terminology and the angle to go to get it fixed. So um, they were happy that was resolved. So um, that was a big deal last week. How about you?
0: What's new for you? What's new for me? Um, So I started uh, um, consulting other IT companies, which which is really kind of exciting. Mm. Uh, I've been—I don't know if I've mentioned this over the past few uh, recordings, but I've been particip- I've, I'm a heavy participant in some community forums surrounding our industry and our uh, the products and tools that we use to run our businesses. And uh, as a result of that, you know, initially my participation in these groups wasn't to solicit clients. Uh, it was because I wanted to learn from my peers, and I wanted to uh, learn about the best tools to run, you know, tools and processes to run our business. And, uh, as I'm sharing my experiences and my education with peers, what I found was they, you know, I'm getting a whole kind of stream of, uh, side, uh, sidebars from a lot of people saying, how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. can you, t- can you expand on what you mentioned in this and that? And a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, at the beginning of this month, I, I sent a post on all my socials. I said, it took me eight minutes this month to invoice. How'd you do? (laughs) And and honestly, that just set, set it on fire. And so many people just came out of the woodwork and said, how are you doing eight minute invoicing monthly invoicing? And uh, it's something that I'm proud of and something that I'm, that excites me. So, um, just sharing that with some other businesses. And I actually, um, you know, got a couple new clients out of it just uh, as consulting, you know, uh, uh, contracts, which was exciting. So, um, it's really rewarding. I mean, that's why I started this company and that's why, I, you know, we do what we do. Cause it's, um, it's re- very rewarding, um, sharing knowledge and helping people. And of course the, you know, the revenue model surrounding it's wonderful, but, um, it's really rewarding work to, to do what we do. And, and, uh, so that was last week. And so, yeah, the, the, um, uh, consulting for other IT companies and the forthcoming YouTube channel. So that was our that was that kept me pretty busy last week.
1: Yeah, that that's such an important thing to talk about to give back to your own profession. I had a I had a call this morning that was uh, it was kind of interesting. I saw the guy on LinkedIn and it was basically like, "Hey, I you know I work from home. If anybody else wants to connect, I know it can be you know kind of difficult, especially the last couple years." And he was just simply that just a simple ask of looking to connect with people so i was like yeah sure he was an advisor in in kentucky so we scheduled it for this morning at like 8 30 and you know we scheduled it for half an hour and of course ended up talking for about an hour but um you know younger advisor wasn't he wasn't looking for any kind of you know mentorship or he wasn't looking to me for that but it ended up being a little bit of that where he had some questions and kind of pointed him in the right direction but there isn't you know your business is a little bit like the same as mine where it's you're not necessarily in competition with other providers you are to some extent but from the advisor community we cover like less than 10 percent of the population so it's about us sort of together getting out there to help the other 90 percent of the people out there Um, and certainly somebody who's not geographically competitive or something but i think that's really important it reinforces what you know and um reinforces what you don't know and helps your profession move along. So I think it's great you're doing that.
0: Yeah, thanks. So uh how'd you do this weekend? What'd you guys would you and the family do this weekend?
1: Yeah, well, Sunday, Sunday was the Super Bowl. So, you know, we talked ah, yeah, about right. that with our three year old. So um that was kind of interesting. We're not, you know, on a Sunday, we're not sitting there for nine hours watching football like some households do or whatever, but we usually have it on. My wife's a Steelers fan. I'm a Giants fan, um, so we did not even sniff the Super Bowl this year. But, um, but we kind of, you know, try to teach him about it and like what it is. And so he was all excited about it, of course, because he's excited about everything. But uh, now he watched that, and uh, he was into. So some was it of just the commercials?
0: Re- Do you guys just stay staying at home for the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, we
1: stayed at home. We we did have an invite to go somewhere, but he ended up picking him up Friday early from school. Uh, cause he had a illness issue, not COVID related, but just um, not feeling well. Yeah. So we, we picked him up early on Friday. And so I reached out to uh, the invite on Sunday, which was kind of iffy anyway. And I just said, you know what, if he's sick on Friday, I'd rather not take him anywhere Sunday. So obviously they were understanding of that and appreciated right. that. But, right, um, so yeah, he was into it. He liked the, uh, the Jurassic park trailer. He was intrigued by that. Probably oh yeah. Another, we'll go another see Jurassic that, park. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, he was he was like every three year old or four year old obsessed with dinosaurs, so he yeah. got a kick out of that. But uh, yeah, so that that was our Sunday, and um, you know, after that, we we put him we paused the game and put him to bed, and came back and we watched it, you know, downstairs to I don't know probably the end of the third quarter or so, and and finished it uh, upstairs. But it was a uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. We enjoyed it. I I really. I know you said you didn't watch, but I really enjoy the Super Bowl and like kind of a, I don't know, I, I know there's reasons to like give it a hard time if you're a football fan or, you know, to nip, but I really like the whole experience behind it. And I don't know, I'm just kind of into it probably more now than maybe I've ever been. I don't know why, but I just think the whole experience of it is pretty neat.
0: So, you know, we didn't have a horse in the race, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to understand for the last 20 years. It was a 50-50 chance that our guy was going. You know, our team was going to the Super Bowl, and um, yeah, so it's uh, it's hard. It, you know, when we when the the Bucks were knocked out in the playoffs, it was kind of that that felt like the end of our season. Um, but we we had an invite on Sunday to go to some friend's house. And so we did start the game at their house and I got to tell you, we were having so much fun in conversation anyways, that we, it was kind of on in the background and they have a beautiful home with a, they had a 70 inch, you know, flat screen TV above their fireplace. And they have this great open concept house. And, um, but we were kind of at the, um, kitchen Island, just kind of dogging wings and, and, um, having great conversation. Kids are running around having a blast. So, That was it. Was a good good experience. You know, I told my wife. I said, you know, if the Patriots or the or the Bucks were in the Super Bowl, we would have been having a different Super Bowl experience. It would have been I would have been kind of plugged in, you know. But uh, it was kind of nice to you know have a fun experience. Um, You know, but we left. I think we left uh, somewhere in the second quarter, anyways, uh, so that we can get the kids home. And by the time we did um, bedtime routine with the girls and we got settled down, I, I think we, I was kind of not even interested. So we didn't even, I, we didn't see the Super Bowl halftime show. I know that that was real popular for our age group or my age group, and um, I still haven't even YouTubed it. So I, I, I haven't even watched it. So that was that was our Super Bowl. Uh, before that, we had. A, You know, I don't know if I said this either, but my daughters are all of a sudden, you know, I think as recently as two months ago, our our weekends and evenings were all of us on, the you know, not the whole weekends per se, but, you know, our TV time uh, in the evenings was the four of us on the couch, wraparound couch watching, you know, some kid friendly content and and maybe once in a while the girls would be on their iPads, but they would be with us on the couch and things. But two months ago, my nine-year-old just all of a sudden became a social butterfly. So she's, you know, floating around the house or upstairs in a room, FaceTiming with her friends and playing Roblox and things. And, and so we had the, we had the five-year-old a little bit, but now I think she's starting to see what her, what her sister's doing. And so sometimes she attaches to them and plays Roblox and all of a sudden that, you know, like last month i look over i'm like it's all of a sudden me and my wife on the couch alone and um we're adjusting to that it's a bittersweet uh, i was, i just wasn't prepared for that so um and to that vein um they're just having all of these social functions sleepovers now mm-hmm. and um and uh we went we took the girls like we had i think six girls we took on saturday to the to the trampoline park which was <laughs> hilarious and then um Sunday morning, my five-year-old had three play. So she had she she was booked. She had a play two play dates before the she went to the trampoline park again with um, the girls across the street. Were invited her, and then she um, invited a boy a boy from her class over um, before the Super Bowl, and then we had the Super Bowl at our friend's house. So it was a, a social packed uh, weekend that I'm not yet sure I'm I was prepared for. <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy
1: how busy they get so young now, right?
0: Yeah. That's that's not, that's sans sports. So we're not even, we're in between sports right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
1: Yeah. We're trying to figure out where to do my son's birthday party at the end of April, where we're going to have that and probably do a a party with kids in his daycare and then a separate family party. So maybe one Saturday, one Sunday, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, who knows, but, uh, so it begins, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it just it feels like it's too fast, you know. Mm-hmm. The five year old turned five in November. Uh, my thirteen year old, uh, my son, turned thirteen yesterday. Uh, the nine year old turned nine no, on a week ago. It's just it's uh, it's going by too fast. And mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not sure I'm prepared for it, but yeah, time, I mean, mar- time marches on.
1: Yep. It just, it creeps down and it it escalates. We were talking yesterday about the uh, Valentine's give outs at the daycare. I mean, we, we bought a little package of dinosaur Valentine's and wrote everybody's name on them. Like you'd expect most people do, but some parents did these big gift bags with stickers and lollipops and, you know, gummy, gummy fish and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, man, it just, it just now, then you feel like if you don't do that, then you're, you know, missing out on something. I, my favorite ones were these two kids just cut out hearts and regular white paper, copy paper, and just colored them, just scribbled on them with crayons. And then I had names on the back to me. That was perfect. But you know, there's always one parent who goes above and beyond. So.
0: That may or may not be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, it's so- why,
1: I mean, it's great that they do that, but, uh, you know, and then with the parties, if somebody does something then you know, we're not ever going to get caught into that sort of race of about doing somebody. Yeah, no,
0: I, I you know. it's not a one. She doesn't do it for one upsmanship. She, she honestly, it's so funny. She does it out of the pure joy of it. Mm-hmm. She the they're arts and crafts, just crazy. Um, So, yeah, I can. But they did all come. They both came home yesterday with bags of of. Pencil. They don't do candies and treats anymore in mm-hmm. our schools. So it's pencils and all these widgets and fidgets and rubbers and plastics. I'm like, oh god, these things are just gonna like land in the ocean at some point, and I just wish they would stop. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. It's like the idea that you got to do something, or or you, know. you go by the the bargain bins in Target, or you're in the dollar store, and you're like, oh, just grab something. You know, it's just just yeah. what we do
0: right now, I guess. Right yep so right. what else is new in uh in the finance and technology world what well i guess this could on? probably tie into our super bowl
1: story and and talking about that but you know the two big ad buys were on the electric vehicle front and ah, uh, yeah. crypto front so i thought that was kind of interesting and uh, i did see some crypto. headlines on com that. with their qr code ad which was Controversial to some extent, but got them a lot of a lot of media play, which was obviously what they were looking
0: for. So, did I um, see some headlines that the the QR code was broken? It didn't work, or did they just crash the server? Yeah, just it just crashed the site. So, oh, okay, imagine yeah. imagine spending a couple million on a QR code that like the intern coded wrong. <laughs> right, right. I know that's bit, that's yeah. kind of what the headline that I saw was alluding, and then I saw one that indicated that maybe the QR code was crashing. Yeah yeah
1: yeah and it was funny it kind of bounced around the screen playing against the playing on the office when they had that scene when they remember watching the screen saver go around the the tv so i think yeah playing off that theme so did you um, see it live when when it played it did yeah i was praying playing pretty close attention because the the crypto ads they didn't put out ahead of time like a lot of other advertisers did. oh right so, right yeah so those you those you had to wait for but um uh, I don't know. So I like my, the ads. I know I know some people said the ads weren't that great this time around, but we don't watch a ton of live TV anyway, so pretty right. much any ad is going to be new to
0: us. Uh, same here. Same sorry. here. So was the QR forward. code what what was the QR code? It was it was from coin coinbase or uh, crypto.com I think it was, but it it just took people to their website. And and what was the what, can you describe what the commercial was? It was just a QR code just bouncing around the screen.
1: Yeah, it was like that old like Windows screen saver that, that kind of went around the, the screen. Okay. And uh, the joke from the office where they were always trying to get it to land perfectly in the corner. Uh, <sighs> oh, know, okay. The, I got it. Yeah. Got it. yeah. So there was, you know, on the office, there was a point where it kind of came close. And um, <laughs> so it was, it was that sort of theme where you're watching it bounce around the screen.
0: And, and how long did it, it run was, for? Like a minute? Uh, no, I think it was 30 seconds. Yeah, did it feel it was... like an awkward length of time? intentionally
1: no because you're kind of of glued you didn't know if it was just going to be that or you you didn't know if i don't know this was very celebrity driven uh super bowl as far as the ads are concerned so you didn't know if you know the rock was going to come busting through the screen or something so um so i think that's why people were watching i can't i mean people did it obviously because they they crashed the website but i can't imagine like getting my phone out and going over and scanning it right i guess people do it for fun or whatever right but um yeah so So, that was that was kind of interesting
0: what else what else uh what other commercials were finance and technology did you say there were ev commercials i'm sure there were ev commercials yeah
1: there were a few and i don't follow that market as as close as you do but the, the car ads were big um
0: so I read Polestar. Have you heard heard of a company yes. called Polestar? So Polestar yep. is, I guess, Polestar is an independent company now that was spun off of the Volvo's Formula One team. So okay. I don't know if you if you're familiar with like the Shelby brand or the AMG brand for mm-hmm. uh, um, Mercedes. Yeah. The those are like you know the performance ho- uh, shops that take take an OEM's uh, car and kind of. You know, juices it up or whatever, or mods it and makes it high performance. So um, I guess Polestar was that for Volvo, and so they a couple of years ago spun out as their own company, and so they are producing the Polestar Two, which is a, a electric vehicle. It's a sedan, four door sedan. I think it's critically acclaimed. Everybody's loving it. I think it's a beautiful car. And the headline I read was Polestar takes a shot at Tesla and says um it it, it kept they kept scrolling like um sentences that began with the word no so like no gimmicks Mm -hmm. no uh shame no i don't even know what it was and then one of them was no trips to mars which was a clear shot at at tesla and i may have even posted on that i did post on it yeah so i posted on that if you want to bring up our um Uh, our finance and technology insights, uh, magazine on Flipboard, it's the one on the bottom left there. And so my comment on, on the article was no charging network, no autonomy, no, no non advertising, and then no giga Nevada, Texas, Shanghai, and Berlin. Mm -hmm. So, um, the Twitterverse kind of trolled them a little bit for, I think that some of the things I mentioned, but. Still a beautiful car. It's still nice to see that the EV market's heating up. I saw another article too. I didn't pin it, but you know the, the EV market has quadrupled just in the past two years. I mean, it's easy to quadruple when you're at 1% of the global <laughs> right. EV market, um, but I've seen reports that Europe is up to 8% EVs now, electric vehicles, mm-hmm. and globally, it's uh, as high as 5% so it's it's coming if you're not ready for your electric vehicle it's coming
1: yeah no that's that's really exciting stuff and i think there were a couple companies that actually took some some shots sales salesforce had a similar message when they you know kind of went at the the bezos Musk kind of thing saying your your new frontier is is right here on earth i think that was their commercial um just talking about all the you know parts of you know we've all there's tons of parts of the earth that none of us have, have explored and, and all that kind of stuff and talking about how Salesforce is really focused on, on what's, what's here and now, and I guess sort of the living in the moment type of theme. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess they're easy targets for, um, (laughs) nothing says
0: innovation. Like let's focus on what's in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Let's focus on what we already have. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Um, yeah, that uh, Salesforce actually announced a, a pretty big partnership with Ford. I guess Ford and Salesforce are wor- working together to get Ford on uh, on the data train, I guess, uh, okay. and the technology train. So it's really interesting. The the you know one of the things that and I'm not a Tesla fanboy, and and my wife and kids. I'm trying to get my wife to buy a Tesla. Because I don't want a Tesla. I I want I want more of a classic SUV. Like I would love the Ford Bronco in an EV. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the new Ford Bronco. Yeah. Um, there's also a new um, startup called Rivian that has a truck right now, but they have a SUV variant, which I think is beautiful. It looks just looks real close to um, like a Land Rover, mm. but I'm not a Tesla fanboy at all. And um, but. What is unique with Tesla is they they view themselves as a, essentially a technology startup. And in fact, I think they would even say that they are they don't view themselves even as a car company. They are an AI. You know, I, Elon's trying to push this um, artificial intelligence uh, focus. And he and now he had a completely ridiculous and embarrassing um ai day i think he called it where he had somebody dressed up in a robot costume and he's advertising he's saying that they're taking their artificial intelligence and they're going to put it into a uh, robot form factor and you know of course they got a big eye roll because it's total vaporware right now but you know they are working aggressively on their self-driving technology for their car And what makes them unique in that effort is they are doing it only with vision technology, only using cameras. Right now, you have Waymo from which is a Google company. You have Cruise, which is um, owned or uh, heavily subsidized by GM, and those guys are using lidar technology, which is laser radar, uh, which actually is a scanning thing that will will actually create a digital representation of the three d environment that the car is in, and then they use algorithms and things to navigate the physical objects. what what uh, Tesla is doing is they're they're interpreting the world just by ca- using camera ocular technology. And I think that's I think what he's he's anticipating is if they succeed in doing that well, they will be able to basically adapt that artificial intelligence to any form factor and you really kind of think about it you're like well yeah i guess if you can get a car to use cameras to see and interpret the environment and give it some uh you know uh, leadership algorithm so that it can achieve its whatever its function or virtue is in a car it's to drive safely on the roads Um, but if you put that in a bipedal form factor of a robot with arms and hands and the thing can interpret its environment just using vision technology or cameras um sure it could deliver packages it could do dishes and i don't know whatever the, the you know mow lawns or whatever you want to do a robot to do so um anyways i'm on a tesla rant but still fascinating to see see that um oh i i guess my point was the the traditional car manufacturers they don't view themselves as technology i I think if you sat Mary Barra, the CEO down of GM down, and said, "Are you a technology company?" She would say, "Oh, you know, yes, we're a technology company." But they don't really have that Silicon Valley technology company to them, you know. And Tesla really does. I mean, they were born in Silicon Valley, you know. Um, and and I'm not a Ford fanboy either, um, but Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford has is very vocal on Twitter and the media about how he views the transition of Ford into that becoming a technology company rather than a um, auto or, or transportation company so
1: yeah I'm sure they'd certainly love to have a technology valuation rather than a car valuation that would be that's that for sure help the stock price <laughs> that's for sure yeah so those those were the big themes for the for the Super Bowl commercials the you know i posted an an article about um whether the idea of being so having so much money spent on super bowl ads if that parallels the um pull this up here if that parallels like the the 2000 super bowl where it was all of the uh and maybe that was in our our facebook group but um if you remember the 2000 super bowl had you know, all the pets.com was sort of the the famous one and all these companies that spent big um, that were not companies. They were really just dot coms. They weren't making any money. It was all kind of a house right. of cards. And then shortly after that, the technology bubble burst. So that was uh, that was kind of a common theme going into the Super Bowl with the crypto companies whether this was the beginning or really just kind of the beginning of the, the end for them I guess we won't know right. for for a while and there's there's obviously two factors there's the there's the cryptocurrencies themselves and the idea of of that having staying power and then there's the companies themselves that are providing access to that um so the wallets and the exchanges and that sort of stuff right but, um, right yeah i thought the i thought the ads were were pretty good i i don't know if I'll be curious to see later in the week, the signups for new accounts. And if it driving traffic is one thing, but if they're not able to convert that into new accounts and,
0: and new revenue, if uh,
1: see how that all plays
0: out. Yeah, I think there's, I've read that there's a, you know, last year there was a, you know, when the economy was hot, it was, there was money going, driving into crypto kind of in unprecedented volumes and it seems like there's a significant cooling on that right now so it it will it will be interesting i think you know i've already said my piece about crypto i was as as with a lot of things i'm sometimes (laughs) late to the dance and Mm -hmm. um yeah when crypto was coming up over the last eight years i um i didn't see i didn't see any (laughs) i didn't see any value in it Mm -hmm. and uh, i've come to see some value in a in a decentralized currency, um, even if even if it's fiat, um, you know, meaning that its value is derived just by the community establishing its value. And um, you know, you always have this idea of like, well, what if the inter, what if the world goes dark? Then the cryptocurrency, <laughs> the the cryptocurrency would just disappear, you know, just vaporize. But maybe if the world just goes dark. We have bigger problems, anyways. You know, right. so mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's really interesting. You know, I think. Well, I don't want to go on a crypto rant, and I don't want to go on a inflation. You know, the you know, it's no secret that our 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 economy is suffering from inflation. So, you know, it's economists. Even though you know the laws of supply and demand seem so concrete you can still seem seemingly find a left and right approach to the economy, <laughs> which always baffles me. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why all, all of these quote unquote smart people d- don't understand where the inflation is coming from, but okay. Um, it's interesting to see what crypto could do in an in inflationary period. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had a <laughs> Pull back late in the year and into this year and it's uh, kind of stabilized and rallied the last couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. The other theme I thought was interesting is the number of states that are coming on board with, with online gambling. And you see millions of ads, right. DraftKings and King and FanDuel, which I think is fairly dangerous um, just because there's so many young people involved and so much, you know, Along the same lines, but a lot of a lot of money floating around, a lot of people staying at home, a lot of people who didn't do vacations and things like that. And now they're putting it on how long the national anthem is going to be. Um, and just the amount of in-game bets, because so much of gambling is emotional anyway. But if you're right. picking a winner on Saturday for a game Sunday night, that's one thing. But if you are behind and it's in the third quarter and you're betting on what the end of the quarter score is going to be in the third quarter, that's going to be a purely emotional play, which can get people into a lot of trouble. So, um, it's interesting to see the different states that have, um, that are pulling revenue from it. So in New York, it's actually taxed at a 51% rate, the gambling revenue to the gambling companies. Wow. Um, And they are, they're kind of late to the party, but, um, but still, even at that rate, the, you know obviously with the size of of new york state and in new york city the wow. population but you have the the gambling companies rushing to new york obviously to get in that market but right. early market states like new jersey it's a lot it's a lot less than that I, I have to pull up the number but it's it's either teens or low 20s the amount of of gambling revenue so just in the first two months, I think New York pulled in about as much revenue from gambling as New Jersey had done in the previous year. So, um, obviously, much bigger state too.
0: But um, right. But, so, are um, you are are you neutral on uh, opening up gambling? Or are you a proponent, I opponents. Um, I'm, I'm concerned
1: about it. Um, just from an overall, uh, you know, if I think about a big picture and the way younger people are investing or, or taking risks. Um, You know, younger folks are going to take more risk anyway, whether it's in their general lives or their financial lives. But, um, you know, I'm on a lot of groups and forums and, and you'll see younger people say, well, you know, the stock market does 10% every year, or the stock market averages 15, or you'll just, you know, they haven't lived through a down year. So, you know, when we go through (laughs) an 08 and they're, you know, the market's down 39%, how are they going to handle that? Right. It's one thing to read about it in a history book or run models. It's another thing to, to live it, you know, so to, to actually go through it. So, you know, the idea that they're taking some additional risks in their investment accounts is one thing, but then watching that translate through to things like, you know, DraftKings and just how, how easy and accessible it is. It, it does. It does concern me. It
0: does scare me a little bit. Um, so I, th- I don't, I, I don't know how much older I think you're older than me. I'm, uh, my wife reminded me that I'm a, I'm 39, I'll be 40 next year. And I mean, I, I, um, lean towards the libertarian views, um, just not the crazy tinfoil hat wearing views, but I, I tend to like to let adults be adults. And, and sometimes that means making good choices and sometimes that means making bad choices. And, um, You know, when I look at gambling, for example, um, you know, we live in Connecticut and, you know, the the government has had a monopoly on gambling for years Mm -hmm. and that's called the lottery system. I mean, it's gambling. Right. So, you know, there's always these these caveats with uh, and these moral hazards when the government gets into the business of legislating behaviors Mm-hmm. And it's like alcohol, you know um, alcohol is legal, but marijuana has largely been illegal and I know that debate rages on, but quite frankly, as somebody who has seen uh, what alcohol can do to f- friends and family for many, many years, you know getting high is getting high <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know that doesn't solve the d- the great debate, but um anyways uh and then when you look at look, I have investments i'm an investor, but I'm not a big gambler um but I would say that investing is gambling <laughs> and I don't know what your response to that would be. I, I'd be <laughs> curious to hear that, but, um, it's, it's measured risk, you know, and there are, but, uh, anyways, um, so anyways, that's where I feel about gambling. So I say open the casinos and, and, and uh, open, open those channels and let, let people, uh, do what people want to do. And, uh, yeah, there's always going to be the people get harmed that, that, cannot self-regulate and and you know there is a social impact and impact there hopefully the state will you know route funds towards education programs and support programs just like they do with alcohol Mm -hmm. and and um, other and other things like that so that's how i feel about it i mean of course i don't want anybody to get hurt but i also you know adults gotta adult
1: Right. And it's, and it's relatively, I mean, gambling obviously isn't new, but the idea that you can sit on your couch and, you know, potentially place left-altering bets with your, with your thoughts. I make,
0: I make all my trades from, from my, my brokerage account right on the couch.
1: Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, right. But, But making a trade midway through third quarter and that could, you know, it's, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. You know, whereas the stock market for the most part, it's, it's not necessarily your, the AB proposition is, and I'm going to double my money or lose all my money. That's not,
0: I would argue, I I would argue it is though. Right.
1: Yeah. But if you, well, if you buy Apple, right. I mean, in 15 minutes, there's no possible way that you're either going to lose all your money or double it. Like that's not, not going to happen. Whereas gambling, that's, definitely what it is. You know, I, so. I,
0: I mean, I don't know. You're sitting there, you know, waiting for a quarter, quarterly earnings report to come out and you're sitting on the buy button uh, for Facebook. How'd Facebook do on their last quarterly earnings?
1: Yeah, but there's a big difference between being down 30% and being down 100%. 100% you can't come back from. That's, that's the difference. And, you and know, did, did, uh, an, an investment could potentially come back over time a hundred percent loss is never coming back. You know, there are certainly aspects of the stock market that are gambling, you know, if you get into options and that sort of stuff, I mean, that could, that's very much, that is that AB proposition, either it hits or it doesn't. Um, So whereas that could be considered, you know, right on the line of investing and gambling. But um, yeah, I am a little bit concerned about the accessibility. And I think most of the feedback has been just, we don't, it's so early we don't know yet right if has have the states done the research yet do we know how this how this plays out um
0: yeah so we'll see the debate so, rages on i love yes. that you and i have a spirit spirited i love that we we are not on the same talk track on everything so it's yeah it, it no, makes def- for a good not. good dynamo. well we're
1: on questions that there are no answers for right i mean even you know you obviously want to let people do their own thing but we have regulations on pretty much everything. I mean, you, you can drink, but you can't drink and drive. You can, you know, there's all sorts of you know ways you. people can do harm. Uh, I think the concern is when it spills over into society and people are doing things that don't just harm themselves, but could potentially harm others, right? That's always usually, you know, you can drink as much as you want sitting in your basement. As soon as you get behind the wheel, then it's like, all right, this is a whole different ball. Game I totally agree I, with you. I totally uh, agree with you. Yeah. So I, from a gambling standpoint, are we, you know, I mean, there's a million conversations. I mean, the biggest gamble might be a college education, right? You're gonna come out four years later and you got three hundred thousand dollars worth of loans and and no job. I mean, that's I think a lot of people up. have played that game, yeah. yeah you, uh, wager yeah. wagered on that, yeah. Sure. So that's um, but yeah, so Anyways, so that was a big topic over the weekend. I know a lot of people wrote on that. The number of states—I think we're up to eleven now—that um, eleven legalized gambling states. Yeah, yeah, and wow. probably about a third of the country. California's not there yet. Um, so, you know, if you if you log into one of these apps, you know that they, they have your location services or whatever. So. So there were people driving from New York City across George Washington Bridge to New Jersey, sitting oh my in the <laughs> parking lot, doing their DraftKings.
0: Do you know if that's how them. they are um, establishing your the oh, locale sure. it yeah. is with the location data of the device that you're logging in? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so fascinating. Well, there, there's another case for all those VPN services that you see advertised, right? Right, right. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's ways around those and do different that's things. That's People are doing that. People are driving across bridges and all that kind of stuff. And and that's how it accelerates, right? Because then New York says, geez, look at all this revenue we're losing. Completely. And, you know, look how bad it is for the environment that all these people are getting in the car. Oh, cars right, right. For the environment,
0: of course. You know? right. So then
1: New York does it. So then, you know, everybody that borders New York has to do it because, wow, look, everybody's leaving Connecticut to go to New York and do it. Do, you, but,
0: do you, How long have you been in Connecticut, a Connecticut resident? Um, I guess since... Uh,
1: Ninety six, I guess you
0: could say. So you have plenty of years. Yeah. Yeah. So you have plenty of um, memory of uh, the state of Connecticut, not treating us like adults on Sundays, right? Oh yeah. Sure. (laughs) So we we call them package stores in Connecticut Mm -hmm. for some reason, but the liquor, you know, liquor sale, beer and liquor sales were illegal at the retail in um, Connecticut for years up until, I don't know what they changed that five years, five or so years ago. They, they opened up retail sales of, uh, liquor and alcohol, um, on Sundays. Yeah. They're called the blue laws, right? Yeah. And it was uh, even
1: after nine o'clock, right? It was nine o'clock after nine o'clock. And then on Sundays,
0: right. Sundays were closed and it was, I think it was eight o'clock. Was it? on weekdays know. for yeah i think it was eight o'clock for a million years and then i think the same same law opened it up on sundays and to 9 p.m i think on weekdays and i mean we grew up in simsbury which was two towns south of the massachusetts uh, line mm-hmm. and oh yeah i mean i just grew up growing up and uh you know making a run for the border to to uh get a you know some beer for the weekend or or sunday or whatever and uh yeah i'm sure they used the same argument um look at all the sales we're losing and i don't know what new york was doing at the time i would you know not being a a new york border resident of connecticut i don't know if new york sales were same thing and same thing with rhode island but anyways New York didn't have any blue laws, but
1: t- towards the same, same vein, what would happen was obviously the drinking age was 21, but in Canada it was 18. Right. So there the border crossing is, Hey, let's go to Montreal. Let's
0: get well. triple w- X. And so I went to college in Burlington, Vermont. Which, so yeah, as we were 18, we were, we were caravanning 18 year olds, uh, mm-hmm. an hour or two hours, I think an hour or two North to Montreal, Canada. For the first few years of college, it was hilarious. Yeah, which is a great city. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, what Burlington or Montreal? Both. Well, both actually. But yeah, I was initially talking about Montreal. Yeah, they're yeah beautiful up there. Although I my my poor wife, the things that she has to put up with. I I I keep my my. I'm so tired of the winter up here. You know, born and raised in New England and i you know i was a snowboarder when i was a kid so that was the thing that brought you know sent me to to vermont but if i could do it all again i would have i'd be like you know university of miami um you know uh, university of i don't know what's in texas somewhere warm and and beachy um so funny my sister lives in florida now and she's right now as we speak she's in uh, i think in georgia they drove took a road trip from florida to georgia to go skiing and sledding i guess georgia has snow somewhere in Ooh. the mountains and i'd much rather vacation to the north for the for snow rather than vacation to the south for the beach speaking of that uh, i'm we're leaving tomorrow morning for cancun yeah, that's awesome.
1: That's pretty exciting. So tell me about that. You're leaving tomorrow morning, uh, so tomorrow's Wednesday 16th, and you're coming back when?
0: We'll be back. We're going Wednesday to Wednesday. So the kids have Monday and Tuesday next week off from school and we we just, you know, we're we're going to make the sacrifice and we'll pull them for uh, three days this week. And um, yeah, so we, by this, let's see, by this time tomorrow, we'll, we should be looking at a beach on cancun at cancun so looking forward to
1: that from the time you booked it to now how have the rules and stuff changed did you bother following it as a change or you just Mm -hmm. said well i'll wait and see what they are the day before
0: yeah so we booked it i think we booked in october november something like that and you know when the the latest covid spike was very concerning right i mean when you don't know where this where the plateau is um and certainly we didn't know that it was going to be a peak and then a, and a a drop so yeah we were we were really concerned about it and fortunately the air the airfare and the um hotel has wonderful cancellation policies that i don't know if i don't know if they're covid accommodating or just in general but we could have canceled the flight and the, uh, hotel for a full refund. I think up to, I want to say even 24 or 48 hours beforehand. Um, but, uh, we're flying jet blue, jet blue direct. This is the other, one of the other things, jet blue direct from, uh, Hartford Bradley right to Cancun international. No, no layovers, no switchovers, no nothing. So we are four hours, four and a half hours from snow to beach. And JetBlue is starting to, uh, we just checked in a a couple hours uh, ago and um, yeah, it seems pretty simple. You have to make a COVID declaration or attestation, um, you know, that you're vaccinated or not sick or in any sort of quarantine window. Um, I have some documents that I think the Mexican government wants, um, which is basically says the same that we're, we're not ill. And then my understanding is the hotel will, in order, the United States is expecting us to have proof of a uh, clear PCR test 24 hours before we enter the country or asked to enter the country. And I'm pretty sure that the hotel facilitates those tests for mm-hmm. us. So I think the whole industry kind of pulled together to try to make it as, a, as, as doable as possible. Um, but so far, nothing seems, uh, difficult or egregious for the process. So hopefully we'll, you know, Mexico, I think is, um, their borders are open. I think that's always kind of how it is for Mexico where they welcome the Americans. And then it's whether the, whether America, you know, the U S will let us back in and we, you know, the standards are significantly different, I think.
1: Right. Well, that sounds exciting. I'm glad you've got that all worked out. It's a uh, first trip and uh, how long?
0: yeah, so our first trip really we did some day tripping. Uh, we you know I flew us down to Ocean City, New Jersey, I think uh, a couple times over the summer for day trips and that was and, you know that was really weird because it was were one time it was like a ghost town, nobody was there and you were masking on the beach and stuff. It was really bizarre. Um, that was I think the summer of 2020. and then we went last summer as well. So that aside, um, you know, that's that was only just a couple hours. But this is our first trip since February of 2020. So two years ago, we were in Orlando, just as just as you were starting to hear the news about this whole pandemic thing warming up. It it didn't quite hit our shores hard. So it's February 2020. We did a week in Orlando with the girls and my my in-laws. All right. Well, so, have
1: a, have a good trip. We're going to try to maybe do a show on Monday, I guess.
0: I'm bringing a laptop. Um, it's an older laptop, so I don't know how the webcam will work. So we'll connect and I'll, I'll, uh, be in communication with you. And I think, um, I think it's agreed that 9am on Mondays aren't great. I think 10am right. 10, 10 on Mondays should be okay. Today's 10 a.m we we start recording today it's tuesday the 15th at 10 a.m so a little little flexibility but yeah if i have to bump us a week hopefully i mean hopefully our audience will will be forgiving
1: i think so yeah they can go back and listen to some old episodes to get their fix right yeah so do you want to cover news or you want to wrap it it looks like we're rounding about an hour yeah yep coming up into an hour here so um Maybe we'll just introduce our businesses or reintroduce our, get our contact information out there and call it a day. So I'm Brian Williams from Northshire Consulting, which is an independent investment advisory firm. I work mostly with uh, small businesses, making sure their retirement plan is the way it should be. Um, my stuff is uh on youtube it's called 401k and beyond that's also the name of our facebook group so we post some some videos there we get some discussions going from both the employee and the employer side and my website is
0: northshireconsulting.com and uh let's hear about your business eric yeah so i'm eric burendorf ceo and senior consultant of evernet consulting we're an it company that supports businesses and their it function all over this the country so um our, our biggest markets are law firms, medical practices, but we, we, have, we have clients in every industry. And like I said earlier today, we're starting to consult other IT companies. So if you have an IT vendor that isn't giving you the warming uh, cozies, or if you uh, want a second opinion, or if you're doing a, a startup and you need uh, to build out your tools and, and your uh, IT function, check out our website at evernetco.com, evernetco.com dot com, and uh, Evernet Co is on all pretty pretty much every major social platform too that we we post regularly
1: too. All right, sounds good, and we'll see you next week maybe, but if not, uh, two weeks.
0: Yeah, and this is our new video with the Streamyard. I'm looking forward to seeing how that how that shows up. Bye. Everybody. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Brad.